Hey guys, welcome to the Virtus Performance Podcast. This is your host, Lachlan Wallace, but no, I am no longer the host for today's episode, episode 19, the great man, Jared Pulsar, Moo Rook, as he's also known, is going to be hosting the podcast, so I'll handle it straight over to him. My personal and business goal is to be just a little bit better every day. I believe everyone, especially normal people, have a story to tell. The Virtus Podcast exists to help us all find small ways of consistent improvement by discussing the journey and experiences of each of our guests. Welcome to the Virtus Performance Podcast. Yes, the tables have been flipped today, or the roles have been flipped. Uh, I'm your host, Jared Pulser, and this is Virtus Performance Podcast number 19, and I'm going to be in the hosting chair today, and I'm going to interview or have a chat or a discussion with Lockie Wallace. We've got a, a range of topics um, to talk about that we've tried to group them in terms of what I think will be uh, beneficial for all the listeners out there. If someone does decide to listen, it might, might just be my mum and Lockie's mum, but who knows? <laughs> in, in the stratosphere, who else is out there is listening? I don't think my mum has an iPhone, so that's not really going to work for myself. But um, <laughs> apparently my dad listened to my last one, but I, I can't see that happening again. <laughs> anyway, um, I'm really nervous. Lockie is here in the room too. He's really nervous. He told me before. This would be an interesting chat. We've dangerous, dangerous. Very dangerous. I started chat. a podcast so I could talk to interesting people. I don't know if I'm that interesting, but we'll see what happens. That's what I said as well. Then I ended up speaking for like an hour and a half. So True. Um, we'll see how we go. Um, we may as well get cracking in. Um, I, I, the first topic I've got here is where did it all begin? School. School? Yeah, what were you like at school? I was a pain in the ass, I think. <laughs> pain in the ass? No, I wasn't. I probably wasn't too bad. I was probably... A little bit of on the obnoxious side. Uh, you'll have to ask all of my teachers. I actually yeah. ran into one today. Um, but, yeah, I think I was I was a good-ish student. I, um, I was probably a little bit hyperactive. And, Were you bored? Uh, I don't think I was bored. I, um, I loved, loved sport and loved lunch times, kicking the footy and, and doing all that kind of stuff. Uh, yeah, primary school, it was a long time ago, so I don't remember all that well, but... Yeah, I think I, I think I was a good student and um, had a lot of mates in my classes and stuff. And we probably played up a little bit more than than expected, but that's what kids do, I guess. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I see it firsthand every day. Uh, school is a, a brilliant time for a kid um, until you get to that year ten, eleven, and twelve stage, when you start having to make decisions that are really going to impact your future. I, I always like to ask people this question: What did you do for work experience when you were at school? Melbourne Storm. Wow. Yeah. I worked with the, uh, <coughs> the development officer, so year 10, I think it was, year 10. I worked with the development officer, uh, Ross, if you're listening. <laughs> I can't remember his last name. He most definitely uh, is. After uh, the premiership win, probably. Yeah, that's it. Um, yeah, development officer at Melbourne Storm, so up at uh, Princess Park, or what, I can't remember what it was called back then, but yeah, spent a week uh, travelling around to schools and 
and running little clinics and things like that. Uh, yeah, rugby clinics, which was interesting because I played football and had never played rugby, but a uh, friend of a friend hooked it up and, and was able to spend yeah a little bit of time watching the boys train and, and stuff like that and getting involved in in that. So that was probably yeah my first foray into elite sport was being able to see how that organisation runs. Obviously, um, did you enjoy that? Um, did you take anything away from that that's probably transitioned into Virtus or anything like that? Was that the prob- seed for it all to begin? Probably not. Um, I was like I was playing footy and running and, and doing all that stuff since I was young. So I don't think it planted any seeds or anything, but it definitely showed me what that kind of environment was like. Like that was my first taste of, of that elite or sub or that yeah the elite in uh, can't talk the elite environment. Um, but it was really cool to see the impact the players had on, on kids and, um, yeah, the impact just wearing that Melbourne Storm polo could have on all the, especially the northern suburb schools. Like, it was a really cool contrast to see at year 10, I guess, you know, growing up in Caram Downs, moving to Pearsdale, going to Frankston High. Like, we're in a fairly uh, undiverse culture down here. Yeah, very um, insular. Very insular. Yeah, insular peninsula. Um, so it was really, really cool to be able to go out and see the you know top end pu- uh, private schools and see how those kids behaved and, and how they how they interacted with their teachers and with us and and then to go to the the northern suburbs or the uh, yeah the the rougher end of town and to see where rugby league and rugby union are really big sports exactly to see how the kids interacted with us there it was kind of like there were complete opposites there were I remember the kids who were at the private private schools uh, for lack of a better term were very unathletic <laughs> they sucked they were very they could tell they were academic kids and the teachers they would hang off everywhere the teachers they wouldn't stay a foot wrong um, but there wasn't in terms of the uh, the clinics were running there wasn't a lot of talent um, and then you go to the, the northern suburbs and the, the rougher schools and the kids would do what they want to a point like the teachers would try and try and keep a hold of them and try and keep them in line but they'd kind of do what they want but there when it got to playing rugby and, and actually moving there were a lot more there was a lot more talent on show and there was a lot more uh, competitiveness and, and things like that so that was that was kind of cool and that was interesting because it I guess it kind of teaches you a little bit about different upbringings to a point it's a really small sample size but yeah I think it it shows you that the kids that are that work at things and and find that passion and that hunger to be better at something um, it doesn't really matter where you're from yeah and the man at the moment Dustin Martin is probably the ultimate example (laughs) of that there's news of him leaving school when he was 14, 15 going to work with his dad yeah. And then have given the opportunity to play senior football somewhere in Bendigo and then go through the pathway that way. So obviously when kids or find something they really want to work hard at, there is there is an outlet for them. That brings us to the next point, sport. And we just touched on it briefly then. Obviously you, football was a big thing for you growing up. Any other sports that you participated in? Yeah, I I uh, I started playing football at Seaford Tigers in under nines, I think I was seven, so I played my first year when I was seven. Um, played that for a couple of years, and and then I think if friends of ours were starting last, so I had no idea what the last was when I was eight or nine. Um, but yeah, remember talking about it, and one of the events we talked about was hurdles, and, and I had in my head like that it was maybe like a 20 meter circle that used to run around. I remember that that moment vividly when they were trying to explain to me what an athletics track was. 
Um, and in, yeah, in my head, I, I, I pi- remember picturing like a 20 meter circle with like two hurdles on either side that you had to run around, jump over. And that was an athletics track. And, and yeah, then kind of dived into athletics and was able to kind of pair up athletics and football for the best part of when I was growing up. Um, yeah, I think I started running or training properly for running when I was maybe 11 or 12. Um, my old coach, Mike Davis, would be able to tell me exactly when that was. <laughs> um, what were your events? Uh, I started out just kind of doing everything, I guess, like all kids do, and then 800s and 1500s were kind of my events. Yeah. Um, 12, 13, 14, 15, all that kind of thing. And then I remember as football started to become more important and take, would take up more time, you had to train a little bit more for football, obviously running copped it, and especially mid-season. Yeah. Um, I was doing a lot of cross-country, but then trying to play football the football next day and things like that. And, and I struggled to be able to put it all, put it all in or fit it all in. Um, so as running got became less of a priority, um, football became more of a priority and my events dropped so I went from 15s and 8s and cross country to 8s and 4s and then to 4s and 4s and 2s and then I think by the time I finished up athletics in year 12 I was around in the I think I did the 100 and 200 oh 100 I did the hurdles and I did 400 at state so yeah. I was back um, down to short yeah I got back back down and yeah I was a I was a battler um, but tried hard and had lots of fun I'm a huge advocate for athletics I think it's a, one of the most yeah. brilliant sports out there and I don't think it really cops a, cops a fair run well, in like the media run and, and stuff and like that yeah. and the argument I tend to use when they say oh it's, so, it's such a boring sport who wants to watch people run around a track or jump over things well it's the basis or it's the cornerstone for everything that we do if there wasn't athletics there wouldn't be any football or anything like that yeah, it's all come from this kind of thing so Hopefully, athletics becomes more and more popular, and we get some of the athletes from football. Yeah, that yeah. I know when I've got that pathway. Kids, like they'll be doing athletics. Yeah, as soon as we hit five or six, they'll be doing athletics if if that's what they want. Yeah, exactly. Um, They're gonna enjoy it. Yeah, course. exactly, exactly. Um, I've got a list. I want them to be gymnasts. I want them to be weightlifters, and I want them to be athletes. Yeah, and we're sweet, and then they can pick football or something down the track. Um, but I think athletics is really, really important. It definitely taught me a lot about work ethic and a lot about, like, I remember those nights where we used to run down at St Leonard's with my coach, and and I wouldn't want to go, and Dad would be like, "We got to go, we got to go." And you always go, and you get it done, and and you feel better afterwards, and you're with that group of people, and like we don't see a lot of them anymore, uh, except for KP, who I am. Um, eternally indebted to <laughs> I met her at athletics I met her running oh, wow. um, in that in that running group and but all of those guys that we used to run with like we, we could chew each other's ears off forever if we whenever we do catch up so yeah we made, made life, lifelong friends and, and yeah teaches that ability to just grind it out and, and work hard and when you work hard you get results so I remember around the 14s or 15s at Little Ass I finally won a medal at State and I like I remember it vividly I I came third, I was like fifth and I don't know, something just was able to grind it out and knock over a couple of couple of people in the last lap, a couple of people I'd never beaten. Um, I remember being so excited for the medal presentation that was like two hours after I kept doing laps of the oval and just walking laps and laps and laps and being really excited, like, when is it, when is it, when is it? Um, and I think that that competitiveness probably came out in little ass and footy as well, being able to compete. Um, for those that do know me, I'm 
a little bit competitive. I like, <laughs> I like competing no. and I like winning, um, which I don't think is a bad thing. I think it can be, yeah, it can, it can get a little bit, I can probably be a bit obnoxious wanting to win all the time, but I think it's probably helped me in a lot of different areas of my life. Yeah. Uh, athletics, I think some of the greatest sporting stories can be taken from that. You look at uh, Gabrielessi and uh, Hisham Elgarouz and even yeah. Kathy Freeman and I, I, I'm a bit of a sports tragic so all those stories really resonate with me and they've all come from the athletics it's so trip. raw it's so simple just yeah, and it's, start and finish see if gets it I think it's the most purest sport in the world because everyone has the opportunity to run or jump okay not everyone in the world can swim or have access to a swimming pool it's the most it's probably the the most participated in sport informally because people are running and moving the whole time. Yeah. And you're drawing upon the huge talent for everyone in the world. So if you look at the Olympics, they have the most competitors in track and field, no doubt, those kind of things. So yeah. It's such an amazing sport. I'll change gears here a little bit and we'll move to Virtus because I think we're going to spend a bit of time talking about that in, in the future here now. Um, when did you develop this idea and how long did it take to get from meeting in cafes to what it is today? Yeah, meeting cafes, spent a lot of time in cafes. Um, I think when I was, go back to like school, like 10, 11, 12. Yeah, we've talked, to, you've talked about this in previous podcasts. Yeah. You've said, obviously, you've finished school, gone yeah. and done your Bachelor of yeah. Sports always Science loved, and stuff like sport. that. Yeah, it was, a, it was a stock standard, like, love sport, go to exercise sports science. And um, like I was, I'll use the word passion. Like, I wasn't, I'm passionate about sport and I'm passionate about competing and things like that, but I didn't really know a lot about the fitness industry and about the industry I was going into. And that's um, kind of been the direction probably a lot of careers counsellors have been pushing for kids that have been interested in sports is to go yeah, do yeah. someone who still wanted to go to uni um, to go do a bachelor in sports science or exercise science. Definitely. I think it needs, needs to be it needs to be looked at a little bit because so like you look at our cohort there'd be I don't reckon there'd be 10 still in the fitness industry of our whole exercise science cohort like but if 10, there wouldn't be many more. Yeah. Um, and I think that's... It's a bit of transition course, sad. isn't it? Yeah, it is a transition course, which is fine because I think one of the best ways to figure out what you want to do is do something you don't like. And <laughs> it pushes you, it'll push you in the right direction pretty quickly. Um, but yeah, did my cert three... Oh, I wanted to have a year off after year 12. Um, I remember not trying as hard as I probably should have in year 12. Yeah. Um, I got a decent centre I think it was around it was 80 or 79.95 or something along those lines um, put you in the top 20% of the state yeah um, but I, that was definitely a lot of that was definitely off uh, being somewhat intelligent and being able to to kind of bluff my way through it to a point rather than putting in as much hard work as I probably should have yeah um, but yeah did got into what did I get into RMIT yep Initially, Bandura. Um, yeah, and thought, holy shit, I don't want to drive to Bandura. No, no, I want to drive to Bandura <laughs> from the peninsula. <laughs> exactly, but I, I was probably I was tossing up whether I had a year off anyway. Um, but in my head, I was always going to work or, or do something, and I'm like, why not a PT course? Like, I'd spent the last probably t- two years of high school um, on the way to footy training, going to the gym um, with Kev Lilac most most days. Um, the great man uh, so yeah we, we'd walk to the gym and you look back now and we'd just fuck around for an hour and do bicep curls <laughs> oh mate <laughs> I, I look back at some of the workouts I'm just like what was I smoking like I still, <laughs> I'd do like a I think we'd go upstairs we'd start with like tricep extensions and bench press and maybe some chin ups because I was good at chin ups because I weighed like 15 kilos <laughs> dripping wet yeah 
um, I remember watching someone do deadlifts one day, and I was like, what the hell, what the hell is that? And yeah, I was, like, that, that was the start of my <laughs> my foray into the fitness industry, which is a lot of kids' way of getting in, which is fine. Yeah. Um, and there was definitely a lot of lack of, I guess, direction and know what I was doing. And it was like the older guys who were at school who'd also go to the gym, you kind of learn off them and rope learned off them. And I, like, I think it's not the best way to learn, but I think it's an amazing way to learn because you just, you learn by doing and you learn by, by experiencing and did that for a while and thought, hey, a PT course sounds like a good idea. Um, jumped into that, uh, went down to Vic Fitness Academy with mum and signed up and three days a week for the 10 months, which after deciding that I wasn't going to study, I, just, I ended up on doing a PT course that I would spend more time doing that than I would have at uni. Pretty intense um, kind of. Yeah, well, intense. It was time consuming. Yeah. Like the three full days a week. And I was still playing footy at Stingrays and I was like, well, I'll be able to balance those two pretty well. Like I just started driving and um, working at Rebel Sport as well. Um, so that was my week. Like, Done. Yeah, that was my week, my, my year sorted. And it was it was a really good year. I learned like I, I didn't learn as much in my PT course as I could have, probably similar to, like I was always good at anatomy and, and physiology and understanding how the body works and things like, things like that. So I, I probably cruised through that fairly well. I like, probably found that a lot of the PT stuff that was being covered is probably covered in U12 PE or something like that. Yeah, definitely. A lot of crossover it was. Transfer, and, I, yeah. and I did all of the like extra health and PE and things like that classes at, at school. Um, so I was already fairly well versed. I was already training myself and playing footy and you pick up all these different yeah, things about how the body works and... So I was able to cruise through that year as well, make some make some good friends. Like we had a really cool group that year, and it was a lot of fun. Um, and yeah, fun rather than learning was probably the big thing. We had some really good teachers, um, and who, who genuinely cared about us learning as well. Yeah. Um, which I think you can get, especially like I've taught at like Chisholm and, and things like that. And I think with a lot of PT certs, it kind of boomed after that, mm. where there were hundreds and hundreds of different PC or maybe hundreds of PT certs online and and, writers, yeah. and yeah I think people were just trying to get the certs done and our teachers genuinely cared about us learning and I think that's something that I try and take into all my teachings and yeah did that for the year and I remember just before New Year's Eve that year in 2010 uh, Andy Kiley one of the guys I played footy with um, shout out great man he posted that he was looking for a PT and I think I might even have been at Pyramid Rock. <laughs> it was like one morning at Pyramid Rock and I saw the Facebook post um, <laughs> on my iPhone 1 back in the day. <laughs> iPhone 1? I don't know what it was. No. But I remember seeing the Facebook post and then sent him a message and I said, hey, um, I've finished my PT cert and all that kind of stuff because it took us till December. Like we didn't finish till 20th of December or something. Um, I'd love to apply. You're going to send me your resume, come in for, a, for an interview. Um, I think it might have been a couple of weeks later. He's the owner of a gym. Obviously. Yeah, he so he ran uh, Jets Fitness Lane Warrants. He was manager manager there. So twenty four hour gym. Um, so that was where I got my start. I walked in for the interview. I was super nervous and stuff. And I like I knew Andy pretty well. He kind of took me under my wing in my first couple of senior years. Um, under his wing, first couple of senior years at Franks and YCW and. Yeah, I remember sitting there for an interview and kind of real nervous and he kind of said, all right, well, when do you want to start? <laughs> More or less at the start. And I'm just like, oh, so that mean I've got it? And he's like, well, yeah, of course. <laughs> uh, or something along that, like I remember it being really simple like that. And I went home and I was like, yeah, sweet, I'm going to be a PT. Um, and yeah, kind of, I was, I was pretty lucky to start 
at Jets and then under Andy because, you know, straight out off the bat, most gyms will just charge a bunch of rent. Yeah. Um, and as a, you know, 19-year-old kid, you're like, holy shit, what do I do? Like, Don't have the I, capital behind yeah, you, really. exactly. I was a little bit of savings from Rebel and, like, I, I was still working at Rebel, so I was probably lucky in that um, that aspect as well because I had Rebel, not to fall back on, but it was just comfortable. Like You like, always knew you had that money coming in. Yeah, exactly. The money was always coming in. It wasn't... What, um, something I had to worry about and like mum and dad were always there to support and whatever I needed so it was yeah it was a very fortunate upbringing and, and things like that so I started at Jets and kind of got a a big whack in the face in terms of what the fitness industry actually was like and I remember starting and I think I did I might have been doing like a bunch of hours at Jets as um, just admin and things like that to start off rather than paying rent yeah um, I think that's I think that's how we started and then yeah it was just go find go find some people <laughs> and one of the offer they had was when I started I had to offer free PTs so one free PT to every member yeah who was interested in one um, which was basically here's a pile of paper with all our members start calling and cold calling cold calling yeah wow hey I'm the new PT PT at Jets uh I was wondering if you'd like to, like to book in for a free session, half an hour session, um, just to yeah, get to know and things like that. And that was that was the start. And like I've like I've got memories of, you know, probably working harder than I probably ever had before in terms of just giving something a shot. Um, like I'd worked hard at Rebel, but it was always a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, all the yeah, all the stuff I'd done. Like footy, I'd work really hard in the gym, I'd work really hard, but yeah, it's a little bit different when it's work and you had no idea what you were doing. And I remember just sitting in the car like for an hour before a lot of um, Stingray sessions at Dan, uh, just sitting there calling people and calling people. And like you'd get, you'd call 30 people and you'd maybe get one session. One, yeah. So yeah, it was it was a grind and it was it was, um, I was having it was very interesting. I was having a similar conversation yeah. with uh, Courtney, who I get a massage off, yeah. Norton, uh, yeah. Body and Sinking, yeah. and Downs. And it's amazing that. Um, like massage PT courses and these kind of things really good content wise but in terms of giving any uh, depending on <laughs> yeah, where you yeah, are no, but you. give you the basic skeleton of yeah, what oh, you really yeah. need to do it gives you a start gives you a start yeah, but people, in terms people of people bash them but as an individual you, you need. probably need skills in how to run a business marketing all this kind of thing that yeah. you're probably not you have no intention of really wanting to do but to be successful yeah. in your chosen field if you don't do it then Mate, hundred percent. You're gone. It's, it's one of those like to be a. You need to be able to sell. You need to be able to market. You need to be able to. And then at the end of the day, when you've got someone, you need to be able to coach and take care of them and get the best out of them. So, like what we do is pretty difficult in terms of you've got to wear a heap of different hats. And the whole like running a business thing, PTs come out of PT, so and they're like, yep, yeah, I can run a business. And after seven years in the industry or whatever it's been, uh, you have no right to believe you should run a business. And I know most, like when I started, um, I think one of my mentors maybe a couple of years ago, um, I'm sure I'll talk about them plenty, but he said um, something along the lines of like, people don't have the right to own a business. You've got to earn the right to own a business. And that, yeah, that's something that's definitely helped me the last couple of years. But yeah, worked at Jets for... A, maybe 18 months I think um, was able to, to get comfortable in terms of how many sessions I was doing and spending time around the gym and met a lot of really cool people um, and then you told a story that a lot of the people you've met at Jets still train with you today yeah I think so my f- 
first couple of clients and my first five clients I think four of them still train with me it's amazing um, and one of them ended up joining the Navy so he's not local anymore but I, uh, yeah that was that core group of, of people have been incredibly loyal and incredibly supportive uh, my whole journey and I, like I'm, I'm stoked that I've been able to pay them back with able to teach them as I've learned um, and I've developed and as I've grown because you know the stuff I used to do back in the back in the day at Jets was not the best way to train <laughs> and I'm sure I'll look back at what I'm doing now in five years and it'll be exactly the same thing but it's that growth and that improvement and, thing, and things like that so yeah they're, they're all Virtus members now and they all spend a bit of time with Virtus which is super cool um, to be able to have that yeah that core group of people that have been with me the whole journey that's amazing um, yeah seven years seven years deep and or six years deep at Jets so that was really cool. So we got 18 months at Jets and then we're transitioning into something else? Yeah, I started, uh, I think, um, Andy was, Andy had some stuff going on and um, I think, yeah, they were looking at maybe a change of manager because Andy was moving on and I was kind of saw it as the time where I wanted to start, I just kind of set up a little home gym during that 18 months working at Rebel and um, working at Jets, I was able to put together some money to um, buy some equipment and I remember it started out would be no bigger than this office it would have been like probably two metres by three metres in this yeah. little bit of shed I'm like hey dad can I put a bench there and <laughs> two like it was generally like one of those stock stands like crappy Celsius benches with a barbell and two dumbbells and that was it for the first little bit and then yeah just slowly started accumulating equipment um, it was on this old bit of boat carpet that's where, that's where I started at home and yeah, it wouldn't have been very big. No, um, just to give the listeners a perspective here, we're in a room that you'd probably struggle to fit your average double bed in. It's not there a big room. There wouldn't be much room. Like, if the guys from the block come and walked in here, there be, wouldn't be much more than ones and twos floating around. Particularly from Neil and Darren, I know. Shana, who knows? But, yeah, so we're in, we're in Dad's shed with in a Dad's shed shitty old and bench. And I decided that, like, we were on a couple acres and, and you know, Dad's... Dad's been incredible in the amount of support he's given me and, and mum as well. But I'd say, hey, Dad, can I have that little bit extra space in the gym? And he'd say, nah. <laughs> and then like a day or two later, I've, I've, I've learned this over the last couple of years. I wish I'd learned it when I was like eight or nine. But you ask him something and he says no, or he'll say, nah, don't be stupid or something along those lines. And then a couple of days later, he'll come to you and he'll be like, all right, here's how we're going to do it. So I'd say, oh, can I have that corner? And he'd be like, nah. And then he'd be like, all right, here's where we're going to do it. We'll move it to there and we'll have this, we'll move this. And I'm like, yep, sweet. And then we're on one side of the shed and then eventually we got to the other side of the shed and had a corner and then the corner got a little bit further. And then when I finally decided to leave Jets, it was, uh, let's put up some walls and let's make it look look nice and professional and, and things like that. And I think I had a, a rack that I bought like from Rebel and yeah. or maybe through through one of the companies that su- supplied Rebel and things like that. Um, we got to, because it was a 20 meter shed, we got to like maybe eight meters in and there was a big roller door and dad's like, you're not going past the roller door, not a chance. <laughs> and like three months later, I think, I think we got an, a bit, a bunch of extra flooring and I just put it down there. And he's like, what are you doing? Don't go past the roller door. Like three days later, he'd like, comes in with like another 20 meters of flooring. So he filled it all out. So it was like 33 square meters wow. at that point. So we got to the point where it was, yeah, six square meters to 10 to 20 to 30. Kept chipping away. Kept chipping away and, and having the big backyard, we're able to use a bit of that um, to do some stuff outside. And yeah, basically while I was at uni, um, 
the last couple of years again he was basically just building up that gym and building up Lockie's Build and Burn personal training which was the worst name in the world <laughs> I don't know what the fuck I was thinking Lockie's Build and Burn think, personal training because well, we want to build muscle and burn fat right um, yeah no well, I guess it it's nah, it's shit ass. I think it was. I think Dan Rasher came up with, up with up with it, and I was stoked with it for like five years. So Dan, I'm not having to go yeah, but fuck me, what were you thinking? <laughs> so I probably need to go back a step. Too. So <laughs> we talked about uni then as well. So yep. obviously we've gone cert three and four of fitness to become a personal trainer in that year after finishing high school. Yep. So that's twelve months. So we're nineteen. Then did you obviously defer to uh, get into uni, or did you apply? Yeah. Again? So, so I deferred that year when I was at at doing my PT course yeah. and then reapplied hadn't had the course and was good to go if I wanted to reapplied uh, I think I was trying to get into Deakin yeah. and then I remember putting down ACU just as an extra one and um, I so you put, put, um, applying as a mature age student rather than relying on you no, no I was still relying on my ATAR because I was only a year out and yeah. I deferred I think I just had to reapply Reply again um, but it was with the, the year of experience because I'd done the course and things like that so I just had to I can't, yeah, through VTAC I just had to put in what I was doing and things like that and managed to get into ACU which um, I had no idea where it was, but I knew it was close to the Bandura. Correct, yeah. <laughs> a little bit more accessible by public transport correct, as well. Correct. So, yeah, uh, went in for orientation and, and got locked in there. And yeah. I think it's a brilliant little campus. We oh, take um, yeah. our U12s there regularly on U12 camp and divide my time again. And or if I would say if I was going to go back to uni, I would, I would definitely go back. Just the way it looks and it's yeah, small, it's a bit more really I think the thing that it lacks is that community feel that I guess a lot of the bigger unis have in terms of all the on-campus stuff that they do uh, I had a f- bunch of really close friends um, who went to ba- Ballarat they went to Ballarat and yep. um, they had that kind of whole community on campus because they were all living up there so yeah I, was, I went to Ballarat yeah, and I totally understand yeah. that coming from you got a lot yeah. of people coming from all across Victoria to come and just study and you make up really good lifelong friends and yeah, stuff definitely. there people living on campus I was living just off campus but you kind of you have to otherwise you've got nothing else up there yeah and like I, I'm disappointed that I missed out on that to a point but um, we were able to kind of have our, our group of friends at at, uh, at ACU and but there's a lot of you know coach in the morning jump on the train or jump in the car go to the train go to the train up to uni be at uni for the classes and then back on the train back to footy training or yeah or rebel or coaching or something, and that was just that repeat, repeat, repeat. So um, Bachelor so yeah. of Exercise Science is generally about three years. Three years, yeah. yeah. So, so in that time, we're, we're building or we're growing, yeah. trying to build Lockie's. Yeah. So first year, burning. I think I was at Jets, and then I was at um, then I was at home and just building that, and but building that, but being pretty comfortable, like working two, three shifts a week at Rebel, and as well, yeah. have a really good group at Rebel, um, and yeah, just doing that, playing footy. Um, I was at. Dandy Stingrays in 2010 and 11, yeah, 10 and 11. Um, so I was able to kind of balance all that, um, which look back now, like I never thought I worked hard, but I probably yeah. did to a point because I was trying to fit so much That's stuff true. in. Um, and yeah, testament to mum and dad for being helping me get to all those things and do all those things and um, testament to KP for putting up with me for, <laughs> for that long because she's yeah she's been awesome support like especially at uni uh, playing footy and working and all that kind of stuff and trying to find time to see her and yeah and spend time together is yeah it's been super tough at times but that comes up later we're talking about that. <laughs> good she's always been there which is which is awesome and like 
yeah, couldn't have done it without her and mum and dad especially. But um, yeah, that was pretty much it. Well, when did we pull the trigger on Virtus? Because we're probably about at that stage of the journey now. Yeah, we. So ACU was pretty important because it introduced me or reintroduced me to Jesse Bice, who I spent. Um, I used to play footy against when we were, when we were growing up. So I think he's the old man. Um, Tony coached Inter maybe in like under 12s or 11s or I can't remember but a long time ago we used to play footy against each other and maybe like second or third day of uni like I know that guy and um, yeah so we were like we were right friends at uni and we spent a bit of time together but not a heap nothing outside of uni and then once I finished we were kind of I remember the last year like the last couple of weeks everyone's like so what are we doing next year and I was like fuck fine I had no idea I was like (laughs) Was your last year made up a lot of, uh, like, a, a placement or anything like that? No. Um, my last year, I so I was told that I would be able to claim a bunch of my PT hours. Okay. As, um, as, makes sense. As, yeah, yeah, exactly, because I was kind of in the industry already. Uh, and then maybe, like, two weeks before, we were due to finish up, and um, uh, one of the course counsellors, or one of the, one of the lecturers... Um, and uh, Anthony Witty, amazing human, he goes, oh, we can't claim all your hours, you're going to have to do something else. I'm like, oh, shit. Jesse was working at, uh, at Pace, Exercise Physiology, so I remember contacting them and, and they're like, yep, uh, come in for an interview and ended up doing maybe three weeks or two weeks straight or three weeks straight or something along those yeah. lines um, with a bunch of those guys right like as uni finished and finished the day or the day before to finish all my hours, put it all in uh, and jumped on a plane to South uh, East Asia for six weeks post uni so <laughs> so yeah managed to squeeze all of that into to the end um, which was super cool so yeah got that done and, and then applied over this over that time I ended up applying for a master's yeah. of exercise physiology uh, because the uh, the boring part of me said you know what if I want to do performance stuff and I want to help people be faster and bigger and stronger and all that kind of stuff and make them be healthier and happier. Part of me is like, well, the government doesn't pay you to do any of that unless you're an exercise physiologist. So I was like, well, it's a, probably a safe option Yeah. Um, to to do that and then, oh, I can do the fun stuff on the side. But like, I remember having those thoughts and, and that was kind of my justification to, to applying for it. Um, and the time I spent at Pace was awesome. Like you get to see all these different um, populations that aren't necessarily healthy pops. Yeah. Um, so yeah, did applied for that and got in, and I think it might have been mid year or maybe a little bit earlier. Jesse and I caught up, and I was still coaching at home, and he was still working at Pace, and caught up, and I think we played a game of golf. Or well, we definitely played a game of golf. Um, I won. Played a game of golf at Mornington, and, and kind of like, well, what do you want to do? What do you want to do? I don't know. Kind of <laughs> that. And by the end of the game of golf, it was well. Here are all the people we want to be like. We want to maybe own a performance centre. Um, yeah, we, we just want, we want to train people. Let's start talking about opening a gym. So yeah. that was where the coffee date started. Um, and we just spent, yeah, lots of time talking about people that have done it and people that are doing it. Um, what you wanted. Yeah, people doing what we wanted. And, you know, we hit on all the big ones uh, all around the world, like Exos, which I think were athletic performance back then. And Eric Cressy and Joe DeFranco and um, Mike, Mike Boyle and all those guys who are kind of figureheads in our industry and we kept coming back to Woodford um, in who were in Moorabbin so you know half an hour away and yeah it was um, 
we've been watching their stuff a little bit online and, and been kind of been following them and and you know just starting to open up the doors in terms of what the industry was like yeah so he's what, kind of changed oh got yeah a big driving force in trying to change the industry and like people will knock him and people will say that um, he's obnoxious and stuff like that but and he is <laughs> love you Woody but like he's a great yeah he's a, he's a great man he's been able to uh, yeah like he's been able to change the way that our industry in terms of sport performance and, and athletic development is kind of looked at in, in Australia and like he'll talk about it for days on end but we're way behind the US the US yeah. is I guess I, th- like, I think one of the reasons is because it's so all their sports are so strength and power based in the US basketball football basketball football baseball they're all yeah really high uh, athlete demand in terms of strength and power you need that that side of training you need that um yeah, you need that strength training and the and the jumping and the throwing explosiveness, and all that. Yeah. Explosiveness is really important. So I think it allows the understanding there from a grassroots level. So you got kids, you know, 11, 12, 13, all lifting weights in, over in the US and they can power clean by the time they're 12 or 13 and you got people over here that can't deadlift when they're 25. Like it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's so far disconnected that it's not funny. And because all of our main sports um, are very running based, that's been the... The go-to. This is this is how we train. We run. Hundred go. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And like footy training when you're younger. All right, how are we gonna warm up? Let's go to do two laps. Oh. Like, yeah. And, and like I could bang on about it forever. How wrong <laughs> it is. How backwards it is. But Woody was the one that finally started pushing that to the general Static population. Stretching. <laughs> Static stretching. Exactly. So you know, and you got people that still do it. Oh. And it's just yeah. And it's and it's 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 worked to a point yeah so it's really easy for people that are, like dinosaurs have been doing it for 20, 30, 40 years to go well but it works it ain't broke yeah exactly but you know I'm of the belief that if it ain't broke don't fix it sure but if it's good why don't it be better like why don't we try and find that extra 5, 10, 20% be excellent exactly exactly we'll talk about it later um, but yeah it, Woody was amazing in, in, in that respect and so yeah, I think I think I sent him an email and asked him if I could have a chat to him about opening a gym and what it was like and stuff like that. And Jesse had so this is still talking to Jesse and figuring out how we're gonna how we're gonna do it. He'd done a, a week. I think when I started my masters, he'd done a week over in the US at a gym called Desire, and they um, we asked him for advice as well um, and. They offered us a license agreement to oh. open one of theirs over here, and it was, you know, we'd pay X amount yeah. or X amount of consulting hours and and basically just help assistants doing everything. And it'd be as I ran it and yeah. and all that kind of stuff. And was kind of thinking about that and probably never really close to doing it, but it was it was an opportunity yeah. and it was an opportunity that we'd never had before and. Um, it seems to be a common thread coming to all the gym guys you've spoken to in the podcast before. Yeah. America or going to America just for experience, hundred percent is is it is like almost a stone in the journey or a stepping stone. Yeah, in, and, in the and journey for a lot of these guys. Going to America or looking to America. Yeah, it's definitely something. And like with the available information nowadays with YouTube and Facebook and everything, it's you know if if young strength coaches don't look over to the US, you're probably doing something wrong. Yeah. Uh, purely because it's one avenue of amazing information. And yeah, we, I think I emailed Woody and said, he said, yep, um, give me a call on this date and I was super busy with everything and completely forgot. 
and like two weeks later I was like fuck I forgot to call Woody like I remember being oh no and um, then started seeing posts for his internship program and I was like oh fuck I may as well apply for that and then sent him an email I was sent him sent Tiff an email who was um, running the internship program then um, and caught up with them and we had kind of an introduction kind of thing to it sat there and listened to Woody um, yammer on for two or three hours which he does uh, very well um, might I add but yeah I remember that being the first kind of time I'd met him yeah and everyone else left and there was kind of two or three of us still there talking to him and I'm like I've got to ask him about this gym about desire about doing the um, doing this deal with them and figuring out what the best option for me is I want to open a gym what's the best way to do it everyone else left and and I kind of everyone kind of left at the same time and he started walking up the stairs and I remember kind of going having that half second moment and I was like fuck do I ask do I, just, yeah. Yeah, do I ask do I not ask and, and I kind of went hey Woody and he goes yeah and I'm like oh, can I ask you a couple of things and he's like yeah no worries and we came down and we had a good chat about it and I kind of asked him a bunch of questions about opening a gym and what do you think about this license agreement stuff he goes nah fuck that that's bullshit like that was genuinely his response I was like kind of a little taken aback and he was like open a gym with me and I was like, what? <laughs> like, he just met me and, uh, and stuff like that. But I guess he could see the, the hunger and the passion and, and stuff like that. So well, you've gone down the appropriate channels. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and that was kind of one of the stepping stones in that. And, and then he's like, here, call my business manager. Um, I think CEO, he was a CEO then, um, Jordy. And um, shout out to Jordy and, and Tiff as well. And Mark Luxon, like those guys have been immense in my development. And, you know, they kind of, kind of fast track to to being an adult more or less um, and helping me develop on that path but called Geordie on the way I was on the way to Pies training I think um, called Geordie on the way um, hands free of course if you're listening mum um, <laughs> always hands free um, called Geordie and kind of had a chat to him and like it was like five minutes after I'd spoken to Woody so I'm like I don't know if this guy's going to have any idea who I am and I'm just like hey mate uh, Christian Wood forget me a number um, we just had a chat about Jim and he said he wanted, he wanted me to speak to you and he's like, yeah, cool, let's catch up for a meeting. And again, coffee dates. Um, then after that, I called Jesse <laughs> and I'd enrolled in the internship. So that was kind of about to get started. And I called Jesse, I'm like, hey, mate, this just happened. Um, you got to come to this meeting as well. And uh, yeah, we sat down with Geordie and started talking about the possibility of opening a gym. And we were, we, we were talking about Mornington all the way back then. Um, and it was something that we wanted and then I think the first meeting with Geordie we sat down and we went well where's the best place to open it like the location was one of the first things we were working about and we put all the uh, um, census data in and looked at all the growth areas and where all the population was and the Mornington's amazing because you look out and you look out at Main Street, you see the, see the water and you see the ocean but from a business point of view it's not that amazing because half your kind of potential customers are starfish uh, so you, you're like well if we're next to the beach then that radius of 20-30 k's where people might drive to come see us it's cut in half yeah so the initial thought was well, where do we go other yeah. half is ocean exactly unless they're coming by boat <laughs> correct correct which not many people do these days <laughs> um, unless you open a gym in Venice <laughs> Venice International <laughs> um, yeah so Casey ended up being the location we, we got stuck, stuck on and we're like well growth corridor like yeah absolutely a lot's happening here um, and yeah kind of just set out of doing the internship 
but straight away, and and then Jesse was like, well, we're like, well, Jesse's going to be in part owner. Like he, he probably should do the internship as well. So we both jumped into that and met a bunch of amazing people and coaches and things like that and spent a, yeah, spent a couple of months with Woody planning the gym and um, planning WCC Casey, which it is now, which is, even though we're not there, it's pretty amazing to see that it's, it still happened and things like that. And I'll get, I'll get to that in a minute, but yeah. Um, yeah, just kind of dove into learning and was still playing footy and coaching myself and um, at Rebel a little bit. Um, I think I was down to the Sunday shift, which was the most lucrative of the week. So thank you to all my Rebel managers for keeping me on that Sunday shift for way longer than I should have. Um, yeah, just just dove into learning and planning and spent a lot of time at coffee shops and trying to be a sponge. Just trying to be a sponge and just trying to learn and and yeah, kind of opened my eyes to athletic development and how to how to train and started training myself a little bit differently and I started playing. Well, I was playing good footy anyway, but my footy started improving and. I was able to learn under all the strength guys and, and coaches at Collingwood, but also under Woody and yep. under and then Best of both worlds. Yeah, and then like straight away I was able to apply it with all my clients, which I think was a big thing. Because I wasn't just getting information, I was getting information and then like twenty minutes later or half an hour later I was applying it. And then you'd be able to tweet that if you made a mistake. Exactly, exactly. And and the opportunities that, that Woody and, and Tiff and Geordie um, gave Jesse and I and all the other coaches to learn under the other coaches, but also to learn under people like Mark Buckley and, and things like that was was immense because we were able to see Christian's way of doing things and then other ways of doing things and then kind of like bridge a gap in the middle. Not important. Yeah, and yeah, went through that for a while and, and Casey, I think, yeah, Casey had been kind of, we were trying to find a location. Uh, and we eventually finally found one um, and then it was like end of the year I can't remember what year we're up to now but end of the year and it, we can't, I think we kind of signed the lease and everything and then they said yep we'll be in by March got to March yep you'll be in by October and then it was like oh shit yeah. like, this might have been 2014 so that's about 6 months extra yeah. it might have even been 2015 actually yeah, so it, so it got pushed back six months. Yeah, like, oh, yeah six months, nothing. Um, in that time, uh, Jesse and I were spending heaps of time together, playing in the gym, doing all this stuff, learning. It was awesome. Like it was a really cool kind of twelve months of just like fill the brain up as much as we can. Incubate, uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. And um, yeah, before we signed that lease, we'd started doing education courses. So um, through Jordan Tiff and. And stuff like that. Um, Woody was doing his education stuff, and then they're like, "Well, do you guys want to run a twelve-week course?" And it was just like, "Well, shit, yeah!" Like we'd never really taught before, but we'd done a little bit at Woodford, and we're like, "Yeah, let's give it a go." And we wrote our content and um, all the stuff that we'd kind of been learning, and from all the different areas that we've been learning it from, and put it together, and um, had to do our certs and stuff, and went sweet twelve-week exercise science and nutrition course. Let's let's get it running. And I think it might have been October or November in twenty. 14 or moot yeah 2014 where we started that so 12 week courses I think our first one I don't know how it happened we had like 30 students or 25 students or something like that so it was amazing and, wow. and um, yeah and for us like we get a way to fund a big chunk of our buy-in for Casey um, we get a big chance to teach and start developing that area of what we do and then we're able to meet 25 up and coming coaches and people that just want to be happier and healthier and like a lot of whether it's the first one or the second one like a lot of the people that um, we've met along the way have stuck around you know like your Mike's and Mons and your 
JPP and stuff like that, they're all from those courses and we're able to meet a lot of people and, and get to know a lot of different people, which was super cool. Probably so, the embryonic stage of what Virtus is. Well, 100, yeah, 100% like that want and drive to teach as well as train is one of the big things that, that makes Virtus different to, to a lot of other gyms, I think. And, you know, a perfect world, you can train yourself. Like, that's, yeah. what, that's what I want. Um, Self-managed athlete. Self-managed athlete. You've heard that term a little bit before, and I've said it a little bit before. But, uh, yeah, so did that course. Course one went off without a hitch. Um, we were meant to get a bunch of funding from the government, um, but obviously there we were like, we were bottom of the rung, so there, there was it all had to be filtered down from there. So um, that happened, and then we went to course two, and, and we had another 20 students, and then we went to course three. Everything going off really well. I think we got to course three. And then it might have been middle of the year and then Casey got pushed back another six months. So it was like, yeah, yeah, it was like, holy shit, this thing's not going to happen. Um, or is it going to happen? And like, there was this kind of purgatory period of six months where we were doing our course. Limbo, like. Yeah. And we were doing the course and we, I was coaching and I was playing footy and doing all this stuff I wanted to do. But like that drive and that hunger to open a gym was there. And I was just like, fuck, this is something's got to happen. Um, and Casey kept getting pushed back and pushed back and, I remember like having genuine doubts about whether it was going to happen or not, um, whether it was whether we we're going to be okay. And then, then I think I can't remember what it was, but there was start, started to be all those rumblings about the education stuff, and like we were just providing the courses, um, facilitating them. Um, Jordan Tiff and all those guys and Mark were facilitating it through another company, and that big company, that giant one, went bust, and okay. and, and kind of. All our funding just vanished in, in midair. So, yeah, we had, you know, once that number, we had a lot of money that was owed to us that never never came. And Jordy and Tiff, same deal. Like they, they lost out a big time as well. Um, and that yeah. that feeling like of like everything was kind of planning out. And KP and I bought a block of land. And, like, that money was a big part of the reason for doing it. And it was just like, holy shit, what, like what now? Like that feeling of hopeless, hopelessness and... Yeah. and There's um, been dramatic shifts away from that in that... Um, yeah, it's getting Training better. provider or it's getting RT, registered training, yeah. RTOs kind of thing that made a big push to make it more a lot more regulated. Yeah, it's like definitely that. getting better. A lot of companies were yeah. obviously just... Just rorting the system. Yeah, rorting the system People bad. were signing up, like remember hearing stories afterwards of people that were signing up students that didn't exist yeah. getting funding for them and stuff like that and... And, you know, I think I look at it as a negative because we lost money and, and, and stuff like that. And it did and it did impact our the friendships and relationships we had with a few people for a, for a fair chunk of the time. Um, and But at the end of the day, and like some students never got certificates, which, which still still hurts. Um, a lot did. Um, but just timing-wise, like there were certain assessments that we handed in that um, was too late when they went bust all that kind of stuff um, it's probably not super important but I guess the thing that we push is that our students learn and they were every student that did our course was still able to get through the 12 or that did the 12 weeks was able to learn the things we wanted to teach yeah. so yeah I guess for me certificates aren't worth worth much more than the piece of paper they're written on if you don't actually apply. apply it and understand it and things like that um, and that like, that's always been kind of the way I look at it regardless of all this stuff that's happened so yeah it was that that empty feeling of like we're cooked yeah we're down of betrayal and um, and kind of disappointment and stuff that it, 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 it could happen and it could happen to us and, and things like that so 
yeah, it, it was one. It was a weird time because um, we're like, we don't know what, what to do with the Casey stuff, and we don't yeah. know what to do with Christian. And very much in limbo, kind of. Very, yeah, it kind of went from being in, being in limbo to being like, holy shit, like Casey's still coming. We don't have any money. money. Um, yeah. Like put the deposit in on the, on the land, and, yeah. and like all this stuff is happening. And uh, I think it was before the we lost all the funding and stuff, but we were talking about opening a facility down here purely for education. So. That's what Virtus was kind of started out as. We were we were going to work at Casey, Jesse and I were going to work at Casey, and, and then um, we were going to have a facility down here where we ran training courses like we were doing, and had a couple of coaches working uh, working out of it. But we were going to be working at Casey, and then we were going to be spending a little bit of time down here. Back and forth. Yeah. Back and forth, yeah. <clears throat> so that was kind of already in the works, and um, we were thinking about name one day, and kind of excellence was the one thing we kept coming back to. Or Jesse goes. I think just I remember a struggle back from Moorabbin and Jesse kind of says what about excellence I'm like excellence excellence performance kind of sounds a bit rubbish yeah and I, I agree one, yeah, yeah true one of, yeah one of us said well what is it in Latin because we'd been talking about Latin words a couple of days earlier like we were looking at um like areas of Spain like suburbs of Spain or whatever they call it over there or like areas in France like cool names that had a meaning and yeah came up as um, so it's excellence in Virtus, uh, excellence in Latin, and Virtus came up. Bam, that was it. Like as soon as like for anyone out there trying to figure out a name for a business or anything like that, when you find it, you know. Like if you don't love it, don't stick to it. Mm. So yeah, that happened, and we kind of started setting up here, and I think it was all in the in the works here. We hadn't found a found a factory yet. Um, we'd actually applied for a factory, and then kind of got taken out from underneath our. Our nose, we literally were sending the documents back. It was a sheer little one, a couple of streets over, so I'm very fortunate we don't have it. Because, <laughs> yeah, it wouldn't have been anything like what Virtus is now, but we were able to, uh, we are able to, oh, no, sorry, we applied for it, and then the real estate agent called us, and she was like, really distressed, I'm so sorry, I'm like, what are you talking about, you're so sorry, like, we sent it all through, and she's like, oh, my, my partner's leased it to someone, like, literally, Wow. 20 minutes before we'd sent off the forms. Um, so, yeah, it was kind of like... Another sliding Devastate. Oh, mate, devastation. I, like, I hate the saying things happen for a reason, but they really do. <laughs> like, um, same thing happened with my... Like, I don't know. It's, one, it's a lot of examples, but when I first was looking to buy a car, I had... We went up to Sydney to play GWS for Stingrays, and I was picking up the car with Dad the next day after I got back. I get in the car at the airport and dad goes, we can't pick up your car tomorrow. I'm like, what's happening? He's like, oh, they rode it off last night. <laughs> so obviously one last joyride at the car we were going to buy. And they kind of like, I remember when that happened, I got home, got like, I was real shitty for like a day and then got on car sales for like four hours and eventually found the car I ended up driving for the last six years, which I sold last week. Ching, ching. Yeah, a bit sad. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and same thing with Jim. I remember, I remember the same thing happened with Casey as well. Um, the the uh, facility I ended up finding and we ended up, and the guys ended up settling on, um, it was after we'd just lost one that we were hoping to get. Uh, so, yeah, the when we lost this one, I was kind of like, you know what, no, no point sulking. Um, remembered the car thing and I was like, let's just go and... Get the next one. Yeah, there was nothing available, absolutely nothing. I remember calling a real estate agent, um, Tom Crowder, great man, 
Shout out. Um, shout out. A lot of shout outs. Oh, yeah, there's going to be heaps of <laughs> shout outs today. Um, yeah, I, I called him and I, I'm like, you got anything like this is what we're looking for? This is the size. He's like, I've got something a little bit bigger. It was like, I can't, it was like 200 square meters. Um, it's in Mornington. There's people in there at the moment, but I'm pretty sure that they want to find a, find a tenant. So it wasn't even listed or close yeah. to listed. Um, and yeah, he's like, do you want to have a look? And we went and had a look and I'm like, yeah, this could work. There was, it looked yuck and shitty. What and was it? It was an ambulance depot. Um, right. So, so they basically just used it as a little bit of storage, but then two cars would drive in every night, sit there, drive out. Um, so yeah, it wasn't being used all that much. Doug, who's our landlord, shout out. <laughs> he's, he's, he's been amazing, especially at the start. Um, but yeah, just in, in terms of getting it, allowing us to do everything that we wanted to do. And we were like, well, we're kind of ready to roll. Let us in. Let us in. And he's like, oh, you probably won't be able to move in until I think it was like start of September or something. Um, but we'll be transitioning out as you transition in. Um, yeah. And just before that all happened, um, yeah, I think we'd sorted out in like August. So we had a month or so to just kind of start planning and sorting it all out. We did a bunch of stuff with Geordie and, and things like that and, and Tiff. And we're working out how that partnership would work down here. And got to the point with Casey where I think it got pushed back to the next April like wow. something along the, I can't remember yeah. the date they, the boys ended up opening it but got pushed back to that and we were just like no money like no funds like I don't think we can do both of these and we ended up um, like pulling the pin uh, like after after all the funding stuff like that just kind of like it wasn't Crushed yeah it wasn't anything that um, anyone that we were, we were directly involved with did or anything like that like it was just like for us we couldn't go through with Casey after after everything that had happened and yeah it's still probably a bit of a sour point and something that you know I've been able to reconnect with with a bunch of people and um, still a few to go but it's yeah it's one of those learning experiences that that hurts at the time and still hurts but we like we learn a lot off it so it, you know I'm not being on regretting things like that because it's yeah it's you learn you learn from it um, so yeah, we pulled the pin on pulled the pin on WSSC Casey, which still ended up going ahead and, and things like that, which is awesome. Um, and yeah, just kind of turned our focus to Virtus for life. We need to do our own thing, and we ended up having the help of Tiff and Geordie and, and stuff. And um, yeah, I can't remember the timelines in terms of when yeah. we actually did it, but it's about two years ago, isn't it? Second birthday coming up. Yeah, it was about two years ago when all that happened. So it was a big couple of months, and I'd. Um, yeah, had the house sort of going and like we had to pay our second installment and stuff like that and yeah. that ended up getting pushed back as well. <laughs> anyway, uh, red tape. This red tape's a this that'll be the headline of the podcast, I think. Um, <laughs> how red tape has made things awesome. Um, but yeah, opened Virtus two years ago and had an amazing amount of support and from all of our friends and family and people coming in and spending time on the tools and yeah. Grinding concrete and sanding walls and knocking down walls and painting, building mezzanines and, and all that kind of stuff. It was it's yeah, it's been it's been an amazing amazing two years. So yeah, opened Virtus in October of twenty fifteen. Yeah, um, started the uh, the OG crew was Jesse and I, so we were directors. So we um, yeah, we sort of the idea for Virtus a year before that yeah. and like it, what it ended up being was probably not what it's intended to be but I think that's probably one of the best things about it um, yeah we spent a lot of time and I think people ask me when's, when's the right time to open a gym like I hear a lot of coaches and interns when, when's the right time to open a gym I've got two answers you'll never be ready so there's never a right time 
but at the same time you've got to do enough planning to to make sure that it works because yeah, you know, that whole everyone everyone's had the every or most um, small businesses fail within the first three one or three years um, so two thirds of the way there um, count down the days, <laughs> count down the days until we hopefully won't fail <laughs> um, but yeah that and then that ended up happening and yeah Jesse and um, Sophie who'd done our course um, she jumped on in as a coach and uh, who else Cam, Cam Cam was doing the internship at Virtus, uh, Virtus at Woodford a couple of after us and being the guys who were opening Casey um, we'd go in there a bit and lift and, and get to know everyone and do work and stuff like that so we'd never actually met him at Woodford but he sent us a message on Facebook and said hey I've got to, got to meet you guys and we yeah. went down the rocks and there's this tall bald weird looking dude <laughs> who's an 11 out of 10 human who we met um, at the rocks and had lunch with him and just kind of hit it off straight away yeah. and I was just like knew straight away yeah we kind of knew straight away and, and that was still when, when Casey was kind of on the on the cards so we were like we want you to come work with Casey with us and he was PTing out of another gym down in Moorabbin and doing a little bit of Woodford and stuff like that and yeah he ended up coming across the Virtus with us and we were, and um, yeah I'm eternally grateful for him and Soph and Jesse at the start because yeah it was it was four of us and then a lot more people that did a lot lot more work that helped us kind of get it up and running right. to start off with yeah cool um, Tiff, Geordie and Mark being three of them and Woody being a big one as well um, and then we were trying to find another female coach and we um, we had one that wanted to jump on um, who never ended up working out wanted to do her own thing which is fine and then I think it might have been about a week before we opened um, we knew this coach Katie Dean um who'd been doing some work out of Peak Physique and, and uh, Mitch and the guys at Peak were massive help for us at the start because that's where we used to run our courses yep. for the first couple of courses. So um, Katie was working at Peak and had come in to build and burn <laughs> to do a little bit of rehab on her hip um, back in the day. And um, while Jesse and I was playing Casey and stuff, he ended up moving all of his PTs to... Uh, to the shed as well yep. so so we used Rob Dog Shed for a long period of time it's a much better business name you should just call it Rob Dog Shed I should have called it Rob Dog Shed <laughs> but we had like the Virtus stuff up in there and cool. things like that and I've got yeah some cool photos to show like the transformation of that to now of that space well that space from when I started in it to when we left it three by two and then to now yeah exactly and yeah Katie had come in a bit and I was kind of like like let's get her on board like I'd heard that she was doing exercise science and, and loved the rehab side of things and, and just sounded like like she was a, she was kind of the right fit um, and I didn't actually met her until she came in for the first time and and we were Jesse and I were talking about it and then maybe like a week later Jesse's like yeah Katie asked if she could work a Virtus <laughs> so Katie pushed herself more or less and, and kind of recruited herself and she's still here so it's it's been as much as I'm scared she's going to stab me one day or for, for being obnoxious and giving her the shit. She's been awesome. We uh, sent out a bit of a post last night on the Virtus fam. Anyone got any questions for Lockie? I think, and your sisters were bickering on, on that said post. And then Katie popped up and said, um, who does he argue with the most? Who's like a sister, but is not <laughs> kind of thing. So I she think that kind of sums up the conversation. Yeah. The, the relationship. There's our relationship. Um, but yeah, she's been awesome. And yeah, from that crew at the start, it was me, Cam, Jesse, uh, Katie, and Soph. Yep. So 
we kind of got to got to work and coaching and trying to make the the place what it is what it is and yeah and it, it was a it was a long time ago, like two years, but that two years, like so much has happened, it's crazy. It's, fast um, forward, yeah. Man, fast forward, like the amount of things that have changed and the amount of things that have happened and like it's all been, it's all been for the positive because, you know, neg- a lot of down days and, and, and shitty days. But like any job, though. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And, you know, nothing, there's nothing necessarily special about us or anything like that. So it is just, uh, we're just another group of people trying to, trying to do our best. Which trying is, to run a business. Trying to run a business, which is super duper hard um, but you know I was, could not be more fortunate for having Jesse at the start like he was there for the first 12 months and the 18 months before that um, where we were able to plan for it and kind of get things up and running um, but yeah when we started running a business we realised that we have no idea what we're doing Yeah, which is which was I guess probably what a lot of people would go through um, I think the Snake Hole boys kind of talked about yeah, that in yeah. previous podcasts like- exactly making it up as they go along <laughs> pretty much pretty much and like all the accounting stuff and <laughs> just all of the little things that you don't think about when you're running a business like I remember Geordie showed us a profit and loss sheet like when we were talking about casing I was like fuck if I know what this is like I'm a coach I want to coach like I just want to teach people how to run fast and jump higher and all that and yeah we kind of set out October 2015 and building a brand and building a community of people and yeah it's uh, a lot's happened since then yeah, absolutely. That was the longest answer anyone's ever given on anything. <laughs> I don't even know. Like that was only my third the question. question. Was, I've got two pages. I've got two pages here. I don't know. The question, was, get. the question was what is Virtus? What is Virtus and what happened? Now, what yeah. an amazing story, though. Yeah, right? it's it's, man, it's been a it's been a roller coaster, and it's it's. Like, uh, I've had it. Where did it all begin? I've got three dot points there. <laughs> that's all I've got to so far. Yeah, well, that's where it began, and yeah, that takes us to what, twelve months ago, or two two years ago. Yeah. So crazy, yeah. man. That's. Uh, an amazing story. I haven't heard it all from start to finish. I've heard snippets of it, of what, what actually happened. Yeah. But to get the full kind of picture or the full landscape of where it all started from and how how it all yeah the all whole came apart. The whole story is amazing. The like whole sliding, full sliding yeah, doors. The whole your lucky thing or the yeah. must be nice thing. Like we've heard it a few times and it's just like <laughs> you have no idea. Yeah. And like that's that takes us to the point where we finally open and like that's when all the like the real fun began yeah that's um, right and yeah it's uh it's been a wild ride yeah, absolutely we're still on but Rome wasn't built in a day that's true they're still building it they're still building it it's an ongoing construction correct that that's taken me a bit of a back in terms of <laughs> that whole kind of question it's kind of change the way maybe we would like the rest of this podcast to run because I don't know how long we've been going for it nah, probably, no, it doesn't matter it doesn't matter it might be a two-parter three-parter kind of see, split it up yeah we might have to I think we'll, we'll keep going and we'll, we'll forge ahead anyway <laughs> as they say if anyone is still listening I'm not sure um, <laughs> I didn't take a breath no and you thought I talked a lot well we alright so I guess what I want to transition to now is probably what Virtus is now currently yeah. I guess and what maybe the future as well yeah um, I've got a few questions that the Virtus family have uh, provided us and um, what what I want to have a chat about moving forward as well um, yeah I think the first question that I want to ask you is that what gets you out of bed every morning to come to Virtus I started asking this question and I haven't actually thought about the answer to this one uh, I find there's a recurring theme of that moving forward so all the questions I ask yeah, yeah. yeah that's fair that's fair yeah. most of them I've got answers to yeah. uh, Good what gets me out of bed in the morning I think I think just constant improvement and consistent improvement and for me my phys- one of my physios at footy asked me like why do you do what you do and run a business and coach and all that kind of stuff and rather than just going to work for someone else 
And the answer I gave him, which I never really thought about until he asked that question, was, well, I'm building something that's bigger than me and that's bigger than, like, yeah, bigger than what I can provide. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, to build something. Like, I want to build something that... Build an empire. Yeah, <laughs> not quite an empire. I want to build a community and build a group of people and build a, like the facility is only part of it, but build a facility where people of all walks of life want to go to improve. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I, I, I'm very hungry to always be better, um, always be as, yeah, be learning and, and be moving forward and, and things like that. Or lots of the frustration of KP sometimes um, because I'm never really like satisfied with what I've got. But I'm getting better at kind of taking a step back and taking a deep breath and enjoying what we have created over the last couple of years. Um, but yeah, just that hunger to improve and and from a personal level, probably be a role model for everyone that comes into the gym. Um, I think that's, that's something I've tried to focus on is putting myself in a position where all of everyone that comes into Virtus and all of my staff and, and all my friends and family can look up to me in terms of what I'm doing and what I'm trying to do and what I'm trying to achieve and and yeah the the facility and community I'm trying to create. I think if I'm if I'm a role model for the people that matter most to me, then I'm doing the right thing. And yeah. I'm, and I'm impacting doing, on people that and I'm doing it for the right reasons. Like all like all I want to do and that where does where's Virtus going to go question that you're probably going to ask soon um, yeah. all like that comes back to is creating an environment where people can, can be happy and healthy and be better and improve and, and achieve the things that they want to achieve uh, I want to help as a coach all we want to do is help people facilitate that and I'm sure I'm speaking for all of my staff yeah. at the same time is we just yeah we are so hungry to make people better make people better and yeah achieve ourselves at the same time but um yeah, is to see people improve because that like that sense of achievement, and you can see it on people's faces, and you know those little um, thank you messages that we get every now and again are like they mean they they're yeah, worth more than gold because they they keep you going, and you have like any job, you have the shitty days and the crappy days, but I think your ability to take a step back and kind of have a look at what you have achieved kind of gets you there. Like um, I said a bunch of goals like I set goals fairly regularly 12 months in, in at a time but then little ones yep. I set a couple of goals um, obviously when Jesse left in this, or November October November last year whenever it was but then a couple more goals after we got through the, the summer period um, yeah and there were like six goals that were you know like get two rowers get two bikes um get a van uh, have this many staff uh, be doing this many hours and like I get so frustrated at lack of progress sometimes um, and then I, I found that goal setting sheet and everyone I ticked, ticked off, off in like four months <laughs> and, and like I hadn't I didn't have a timeline on those goals and yeah it's one of those things that getting out of bed in the morning for me is one enjoying what I'm doing and enjoying being present and in the moment and not always looking ahead but at the same time trying to be better um, so two very conflicting answers yeah. but I think yeah and I'm going to give you like five answers to every question that's all right. about them a lot. that's okay <laughs> um, but yeah, that, yeah that's, that's pretty much it yes um, so uh, this question is probably 
I'm more for a maid than anything. So, uh, from a teaching you, point of host. view, I'm the host, host with the most. Um, a client's behaviour or behaviours can really impact your performance as a coach or sabotage a group session. Yeah. If you could say three things to everyone that walks through the doors at Virtus that you can't necessarily project, what would they be? In terms of helping everything run better? Yeah. In just terms a, of them helping them their Helping themselves, themselves or something like that or... Because I know from time to time, yeah. seeing your face, you can get frustrated with people <laughs> oh, in that situation. But yeah. obviously, when you you are the coach and they're yeah. paying you, you kind of almost have to like cop it on the chin and yeah, a little bit. I think probably got yeah three things that I wish clients knew. Yeah. Number one, you're responsible for ev- like you're responsible for every result you get or don't get. As as much as we're there as coaches to facilitate what facilitate what we do um, you are responsible for everything in terms of you need to take ownership for what you're putting in your mouth what you're doing when you're not at the gym what you're doing when you're at the gym because going to the gym for some people who just want to be there and train that's fine that's that's enough for a lot of people but if you actually want to improve and want to adapt your body needs stress and needs stimulus so if you just piss fart around at the gym and, and assume that you've done your job. Expect a result. Yeah. yeah, and if you do that four times a week, you've done four hours four hours of 168. That's not a great percentage. No. You're the maths whiz. But yeah, and so it's just that you are responsible for absolutely everything you do and everything that happens to you. Um, if you, yeah, Jocko Willink uh, is kind of one of the guys I look up to, but his, his book, um, Extreme Ownership, I've listened to it twice. Um, I'll probably still buy the buy the hard copy because that just kind of nails that ownership down. Um, and it's something that's helped me over the last kind of few months, however long it's been since it came out and I read it for the first time. But it's that everything that happens to me as a coach is because of me. Yeah. Everything that happens to Virtus is because of me and it's my responsibility. And I think from a client's point of view and f- like f- everyone – if you want to lose weight, put on muscle, change at all, something's got to change and you've got to make sure that you're ticking all those boxes. Because a one-hour workout's four or 4% of you. That's just, <laughs> exactly. just roughly 4% yeah, exactly, of exactly. And What do you do on the other 96%? Yeah, and, and it's the frustrating thing because people are so tunnel vision with all that kind of stuff. Um, is that because media kind of portrays that there's, oh, there's all these quick fixes? Yeah. And that's no, a whole other podcast. <laughs> oh, yeah. I could, have, yeah. I could just... Hold back on that. I could dribble for hours on quick fixes, but... Yeah, people still try and look for that, even though, I don't know, there'd, have, there'd be some sort of psychological uh, thing happening with quick fixes, but anyway. Um, yeah, just that, if get out of the tunnel vision, look at everything in a holistic point of view, look full 360 in terms of what you're doing to yourself. So, you know, sleep, stress, relaxation, um, you know, challenging challenging yourself during the day and, and actually putting yourself under stress is, is important yeah. and going for walks and, and yeah having that social side and that whole balancing um, I, I don't like the talk to work life balance I think it's just a life balance like it's just being able to do all the things and you know exercise is a small part oh, of the really such, yeah, such intrinsic a tiny puzzle part. Um, it's such a tiny part and I think and the most frustrating thing for probably all you guys is and for us as coaches there's so much conflicting information that 
is it necessarily right or wrong? Like it depends on the person, depends on the time of day. Depends, like there's so many variables and yeah, that's that's one of the frustrating things, but... It's not just one puzzle, each individual is their own unique puzzle. Oh, it's, yeah, and, and that's one of the hardest things in itself, but if we follow this, the right protocol and, and tick the boxes, so to speak, you'll get to where you want to get to. It just might take long, a long time. Second thing, be patient. <laughs> yeah. I think, um, yeah, that ownership's really important, but just be patient, like... People train for two, three weeks and like, I'm not changing. Well, of course you're not changing because you've been doing a certain thing for a certain period of time, a long period of time, and you've given yourself no time at all to change. Like the way our body adapts to things can be so variable depending on, you know, out, like things outside your control, like your, your weather, like the food that's available to you and, and all these different things. And yeah, it's, it's, it's frustrating in terms of, clients frustrations when they they're not getting where they want to get to but they're not doing the things that they tell themselves they should do so yeah and one of the things that we're looking to to hopefully bring in over the next couple of months is kind of a way to properly hold accountability and to kind of for lack of a better term call people out on their bullshit and what they're not doing what they say they're going to do a lot of people would struggle with that conversation yeah but like I was talking to, to Jess, who's um, one of our former interns, will be coming on as a coach in November, and we we're talking about that exact that subject. And, and I was just like, you know, I want to personally do two yoga sessions a week, or one yoga session and three strength sessions, and go for a run and and eat this food and do stuff like this. And how good would it be if there was someone there keeping me accountable? on top of just me and yeah we've just bought a bunch of diaries daily diaries Whoa, that, okay. that we've got to fill out because we're holding going to hold each other accountable to it so yeah and I think I think that's a big thing and um, number three what's the question uh, clients what, what, what I wish yeah, they knew three things that you can't necessarily say to a client like in that yeah. in that kind of setting but, um, so you've got um, ownership patience and the third I think it's it's really tough dealing with so many different people and 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 dealing with not only just groups but one-on-ones and things like that like um, trying to have relationships with different people and different types of people it's really really difficult to give everyone what they want yeah um, you're only one yeah <laughs> especially well, especially in, in, in groups in yeah yeah um so in terms of the way the program's delivered, the help you get, things like that, like some people just don't, like they, they know what they're doing, they just want to train. Some people need hand, <laughs> you, yeah, I tell, I tell you off and you, <laughs> you crack the shits, but you tell other people off and, and they deal with it really well and, and everyone deals with things differently. So that, the group training that like I love for the community it creates and the vibe and, and the results it you get because of that social setting um there's going to be drawbacks like everything um so i think it's just a matter of understanding that coaching is hard (laughs) it's difficult it's what we do and we love doing it don't get me wrong we love doing it but yeah dealing with a lot of different people who are there for all there for a different reason who all want slightly different things is difficult so yeah i think it's just be a little bit more patient yeah as a client i kind of look at you and i see some of the challenges that you face with that i face with similarly as as a a teacher in the classroom kind of thing and the other thing I'm giving you four is we go through exactly the same things you go through so when we try and give you advice on on you know staying consistent or um, just general form or, or just general form the way you're moving like 
we've been there and we understand it. Like we're, yeah, one of the big things that we push is um, you can't give what you haven't got and you can't share what you haven't experienced. That's a Mark Buckley quote. Like we've experienced 99.9% of the things you guys are going through. And although it may not be exactly the same, we've got some insights. So yeah, listen. listen and ask questions. Yeah, yes. Like there's five. Like I think we, yeah, we yeah, can. I'll sit there and answer your questions if you've got them. Like yeah. you might need to chain me to the chair so I stop getting up and doing other things. But like I'll sit there and answer anyone's question at any time of the day. Like send me a text. I might not get back to it for 24 hours, but I'll try and answer your question as well as you can because we, like we do our job because we want to help. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, there's five. Next question. <laughs> Next question. I, I, think so I think you mentioned patience twice anyway. So but we'll, well, there you go. go. Be real patient. Be real. <laughs> patience is a virtue. <laughs> yeah. um, we talked about this before a little bit. You mentioned it before. Um, personally, I've been at Virtus for about 15 months now, and, and I think... It's been bliss. Yeah. <laughs> Whoa. Bliss. Blissful. Um, <laughs> I lost my train of thought. Sorry. So I think the main reason what makes Virtus what Virtus is to a lot of people is I believe the staff you have got and developed is what makes it. It's, it's such an inclusive and supportive environment. How do you go about finding... How did you go about finding the staff here at Virtus currently? And how do you manage to foster a culture that allows them to all prosper? That's a very good question. That is a multi-layer question. Yeah. Uh, how, do, how did I get them? Yeah, uh, how do you get all... Obviously, your internships, you've got yeah. a, lot of, a lot of your... Um, yeah. Uh, um, new up. Yeah, since we started, since the start of the gym with Jesse, our big focus was continual growth, learning, all those kind of things. So one of the things that we didn't necessarily have the available to us, or if it was, it wasn't... I guess properly advertised so that we could see it or we weren't in a position um, where we were able to understand the importance of having experience like that and be able to grab hold of it but so we started our internship program like three weeks after we started Um, so every 12 weeks we have an internship program where we have you know two to ten interns come in and, and learn off us and things like that and it's undergoing a bit of a remodel at the moment but it's been an amazing opportunity to learn off young coaches and young people and some older people uh, which has been really cool and yeah identify how we can be better as gym owners and Mm. um, as coaches and and, yeah and ultimately find staff so we've been able to hire um, Bailey Kenta out of there he was a coach for I think almost 12 months Um, and yeah he was an incredible guy and someone that still keep in contact with and um Love him lots if he's listening. Hey, Bailey. Um, Shout out. Yeah, we're able to... Need a bell. <laughs> exactly. Shout out, Bell. I might get one. Um, we're able to hire... So he's no, no longer with us, but um, like I said, Cam and Katie kind of poked themselves more or less. Um, Mitchie, uh, he finished our... So he did our internship, did one of our 12-week courses. So we revisited the 12-week courses, but just did it at a fee for service so that there wasn't any government dreaming. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> down the track but um, so Mitchie did both of those and like he was just he reminded me a lot of kind of myself in terms of he was hungry to learn and he was in the, loved his sport and was just he's just a good dude um, don't tell him I said that uh, Mitchie and I listened to him yeah, the last two minutes yeah um, yeah he he finished up you know internship and was kind of thinking about what he's going to do and he asked for a job and I'm like dude we don't have one I'm so sorry like we, there's just no work for you at the moment um, and then yeah maybe a week or two went by and I was just like 
I remember saying to Jesse, I'm like, we can't let this kid go. Like, yeah. Um, yeah, he's awesome. And so I ended up giving him a bunch of, a couple of my, my hours, um, my group coaching hours. And he started off just as a group coach. And yeah, and yeah he's been incredible. Um, he spent more time there than you almost, I reckon. Wouldn't have thought so. Wouldn't have thought so. <laughs> Uh, he's there a lot, he's yeah. there, which is awesome. And I think the, the reason why we've been able to, to grow that culture, to jump around with the question a little bit, is that we're all present a lot of the time. Um, you know, Katie's got doing her Master's of Exercise Physiology and Ash is doing her Master's of Physio and Mitchie's just finishing up uni. And, but everyone, when they, like, we want to be at work. Yeah. We want to be in the facility. It's a good place. We, yeah, we want to be hanging out. We want to be talking shit and playing basketball and kicking the footy and and learning and doing PDs and things like that. So, yeah, it's been – that's kind of, the I think, the reason why we've got such a good culture with our staff. Um, like, for me, as, I guess, the leader, I want to I want it to be a fun environment. Um, there's no point in doing anything if you if you don't enjoy it. So, yeah, if, if my staff aren't enjoying what they're doing, then they should be doing something else, um, which there's you're not going to enjoy every minute, but – you ultimately you're going to be able to come to work and smile and, and have fun because you love what you do. Um, How did people like Brooke and Greg and so Ash come on? I used to play footy with Reese, Brooke's much, much better half. Um, <laughs> as, we sit in his, <laughs> as we sit in his facility right now, yes. God's podcast. Yeah, he, uh, he, did give me an, he did give me an office downstairs in his factory, so shout out. He's upstairs. Ding. Um, ding. Uh, yeah, so I had met Brooke at... Um, had met Brooke at footy, a couple of footy functions, um, set high and stuff. And Common Folk was one of the the places that I have frequented every day of my life for the last two years. <laughs> Shout out thing. Um, yeah, and saw her at Common Folk a couple of times. And I remember speaking to her about Pilates. I'm like, hey, let's have a chat about you doing Pilates Virtus. And yeah, that, she kind of jumped on there. And, Loves it. Um, yeah. Um, and amazing woman. Yeah, amazing, amazing woman. Um, amazing family um, with little Jed and Ryan. Yeah. I, uh, I'm stoked that we're able to support them in a little way and give them a, an outlet and somewhere a safe place where everyone loves them and yeah absolutely and, and somewhere they can spend their time and a community they can get around and they can get around them so yeah Brooke's been Brooke's been amazing um, who else Ash Ash used to massage Jesse yep um, and then we we, we we got upstairs done we were looking for a mile and answered the call Ash answered the call and jumped in and yeah she's been amazing as well she's kind of a she reminds me of Mitch a lot as well, who reminds me of me. <laughs> nah, so, yeah, Ash's, like, her hunger to grow and be better and improve is huge. Um, and I guess that's the same with all our stuff. Yeah, um, it seems ev- to be everyone wants, everyone wants to improve and wants to be better. And, um, yeah, we've, that's, that helps with the environment. So, yeah, she's awesome. She's doing a Master's of Physio at the moment. Um, yeah. I, I actually had a couple of beers one night I was with her and Jack and um, I may have signed a napkin that said she owns 49% of Virtus so hopefully that never comes out <laughs> fingers crossed for you yeah <laughs> I'm, I'm going to have to steal it I'll, I'll let Cosmo eat it but yeah and then Greg and Greg uh, same deal looking for a physio and hadn't really looked properly um, just trying the Batman symbol in the sky pretty much pretty much um, yeah we're kind of lucky in terms of 
a lot of the staff that we've ended up with, it's been like one Facebook post or talking to one person or yeah. something like that. Um, but yeah, with Greg, I always wanted to play footy in Darwin over the summer. Um, and one of the coaches up there, um, Rick Nolan, had called me a couple of times and, and knew our local coach pretty well. And he called me and I was like, mate, I'd love to, I'd love to go. But yeah, um, it was like middle of the year and I was like, like I'm just open business, like we're almost a year in. I don't think I'll be able to make it happen this year. And um, he's like, oh, what do you do? And he started talking about work and started talking about gym. He's like, oh, one of the guys who used to be a physio up here um, just has just moved back down to Frankston, Frankston South after being away for 10 years and he's looking for somewhere to work out of. I'm so, like, oh, yeah, sure. Um, give him my number and give him, give me a call. I didn't hear anything for a couple of weeks and in my head I was like, oh, it's just another physio. Yeah. Um, and we were kind of really, really, it was really important to us that we found a physio that understood the importance of performance training and, and what we do as well as just someone who wants to massage. Like, there's a lot of physios out there, a lot of amazing physios, but there's a, there's a bunch of physios that will just massage and say, see you next week kind of thing. Um, we want someone who, who could diagnose, treat, and then get people back as well as we can so yeah Greg called a couple weeks later and um, he called me and I'm like come in for a, for a chat and came in went upstairs talked to him for about half an hour left and I'm like I love that guy sign him up <laughs> he's the best sign him up um, and then uh, yeah we'd been we'd actually read a couple of his articles a few weeks earlier without realising and Cam's like is that Greg Day and I'm like yeah do you know him so yeah, that happens. Uh, that's that started Cam's love affair with Greg, which is still Blossoming. going strong. <laughs> um, yeah, so yeah, Greg's been amazing in terms of like he's just taken us to another level. I guess someone that's worked in elite sport and world sport for so long and so many different environments to be able to and someone who teaches worldwide, someone like that to come into our facility where we're all hungry to get better has been incredible. Um, and then you keep adding pieces to the puzzle yeah it's, dietitians yeah it's, it's basically Maddie's just being adding adding people to Maddie's to, yeah adding people to fill fill um, fill the holes like we I guess end goal for Virtus I don't know what it looks like and I'm sure you asked me that question I'll answer it's it coming up more but I want the whole health and health fitness performance continuum that you've kind of got from a GP to a high performance coach I want to cover it in one facility holistic because then you have that communication from from uh, one side to the other rather than it being a physio that doesn't talk to a sports coach mm-hmm. or doesn't sport, talk to a um, for work together makes yeah, sense yeah exactly and it just it just makes the result better for the client down the track so um, yeah Matty Borg um, posted on Instagram once and, and she sent me a message and yeah she's been awesome yeah. um, she kind of fits into that or fits into that uh Look, having a positive relationship with food kind of mantra we were looking at and Katie Dean was was uh, very narky when I told her we were getting a dietitian she's like make sure you get a good one make sure you get a weight neutral one make sure you get all this and she, I'm like would you like to sit on the interview she's like yeah I'll probably sit on the interview <laughs> and, and yeah so Maddie and Katie hit it off pretty much straight away so that was that job done and and, um, and Maddie Tilly was a product of our internship program as well and yeah she uh, she's currently over in Europe and hopefully she's thinking about what she wants to do and whether this is what she wants to do because we're having that chat when she gets back which will be which will be awesome um, to help her get wherever she's she wants to go and 
Yeah, I think that's that's Coop the same. as well. Coop's pretty fresh, um, and Mum as well. Mum, so. yeah. <laughs> so, Mum's a funny one because she came to me and after she went and visited my sister in the UK, and she was like, "I need to talk to you about my goals and about where, what I'm doing and stuff." And I'm like, "Oh yeah, sure." Like it's probably something we'd never really spoken yeah, about properly, and a big conversation to have with yeah, Mum. Yeah, with something like like I have with or you guys all the time and I love that conversation because it's like well, where are you where do you want to get to you hate it yeah I know, I but, and it's like how are we going to get there like let's actually do things that's why the diary is going to be so good for you but, <laughs> I'm not looking yeah and we sat down with mum and she, I'm like what do you want to do she's like I want to travel I'm like why and she's like because well, I want to travel and I'm like okay well you want to travel what do you need to travel she's like oh, I need some more hours I think I need to get another job and I'm like well how many hours are you doing at the moment she's like oh, not many and I'm like well do you enjoy what you're doing she's like yeah it's alright I enjoy it I'm like well I need someone to do some admin hours. Do you want to come work with work with us? And she's like, "Oh yeah, I don't know. Like, I th- like I'd love to, but I don't like." There was that apprehension, yeah. And, and yeah, it's been an awesome decision on my part, um, <laughs> and an awesome decision on Mum's say yes because it's give her that extra bunch of hours to save some money for travel, but also she looks after the gym like a mum does, <laughs> which is amazing. Yeah. Um, which has probably dropped our cleaning standards a little bit because we know she'll just do it. But we're getting, um, uh, that's one of my things to talk about at the meeting on Thursday because we've all dropped off a little bit. But yeah, um, yeah, she's been awesome doing some admin stuff and cleaning and, and helping with that. And then Coop uh, went to uni with Jesse and I, which has been pretty cool and which is pretty cool. And then we. Um, it's kind of a bit of a different route. yeah yeah we we got on really well when we were at uni and we'd go to dinner and stuff down our way because he was he's a mentalizer boy or somewhere around there and um after uni he him and his lovely uh, better half sal decided to jump on a plane and go over to the uk for a couple of years so he spent two years um doing some work at a couple of gyms and doing some marketing stuff and now he's back and he's doing business degree so um, as someone else who's yeah everyone's everyone's continually learning so he's jumped on to help out with some coaching and, and a bunch of marketing stuff which is good because um, one of the bits of advice one of the mentors gave me once was uh, if you suck at something get someone else to do it makes a lot of sense <laughs> yeah so I like to I suck at delegating and I like to do everything myself because I like things done my way but I'm getting better at handballing things off and getting the right people in to do the right thing so yeah that's the I hope I haven't missed anyone. That's the right. I think we've got everyone. I'm looking at you just there at the moment. <laughs> that's the, the team sure. at the moment. Um, we've got Anna. Anna with yoga as Anna's well. Anna's on to, to do yoga, and um, we've been we've been friends for for probably longer for a long time. So we used to uh, go camp down at Rosebud, nice. a couple of campsites away for a lot of years. So yeah, she's awesome. She's come on yoga and she's introducing me to chakras and. Uh, praying and chanting and all that kind of stuff meditation <laughs> no I'm kidding I'm kidding oh, yeah, um, yoga has been something that I've started a little bit more now that she's there and I love it so I think it's, it's something that everyone should do in some way yeah and so then, yes Jess will be on in a couple of, in a month or so and, I, I just find like for, for an establishment or for a business to have so many people involved and all be wanting to move towards the same direction is mm. it's quite, quite a skill that you've developed and been able to foster into your into your workers as well because they're involved in the business they're, they're on the ground they're doing VGT they're um, interacting on a daily basis with with, with the clients Everyone, that come through yeah. your door and I think having that um, ability to share 
that kind of experience with your, with the staff at Versa, even yourself too, it, it was what makes it a really amazing place. Yeah, I think from a business point of view, I'm, I'm probably not running it in terms of the best way to make money <laughs> and the best way to be super financially successful. But I think the way we're running it with everyone kind of having a say and having responsibility, having a responsibility helps with that culture and helps with what Virtus ultimately is, which at the end of the day, that's all that really matters. Yeah. Um, this question's from KP. Oh, shit. Yeah, it, it's an interesting question because I, I always forget that a lot of the people that are at Virtus are a lot younger than what I am. You're only 25. Some, yeah, I did my research well, luckily. <laughs> correct. Teacher, yeah, so correct. Being, such a, being a small business owner like you are, trying to run a business at a, at a youngish age of 25, where most other people are still probably trying to find their feet in the world, um, what's the hardest part of that? Like, as a, being a business owner at the age of 25, I'm 30 and I, yeah. I don't think I'd be able to have the skills to necessarily be able you to... You say that to, to be a dog. Yeah, yeah I understand that, but I don't think I'd be confident enough to yeah. pull the tree up, not particularly as a 25-year-old. If I think back to my personal experiences, I'd come out of uni or three yeah. years into teaching. I wasn't ready to start a business then. Not that I'm in that field, but there would yeah, be no way I'd be ready. So what's the hardest part? Um, I think the hardest part... You probably might have covered it in... Yeah, it's the hardest part and the, probably the best part and the most challenging part is having to wear so many different hats. Yeah. Um, like, we talked about delegation before. Yeah, de- yeah, and delegation is something that, like, that's, like, my one goal for the next six months or one of my goals for the next six months is to improve my delegation skills so that everyone has more responsibility and do all those things. So people management for the, for the one part is probably the hardest thing. Um, I'm sure any <laughs> business owner would probably pick that as one of the first ones. Like, from my staff point of view, like, 30, 12, 13 staff now. It's amazing. Um, I've got 12, 13 staff whom I have to understand what their wants and their needs and, and things like that on a daily basis um, and provide it to them. Um, that's probably one of the hardest hardest things. And then on top of that, you've got all of the clients and and, um, and people that come into Virtus and for all those different um, different staff members so I guess every staff member remember if you looked at like a family tree you've got all your staff members and then off those staff members you've got all of their clients and um, trying to like I want to know everyone's name and know everyone's story like it's one of our rules on our wall but trying to maintain relationships with all of those people whilst also looking after myself and, and looking after um, KP and my family and, and things like that that's probably the hardest part yeah we don't um, get it to that yeah that, that balance side of things is is something that I don't like the word balance because like work life I think I've already said that but if you love what you do it's not work it's just life so yeah, yeah the balance is the hardest part I'm trying to identify what's most important and um, what I should be spending my time on but also looking after myself as well do you consider yourself a leader? Uh, yeah yeah I do and I think like I'm very fortunate that I've been involved in a lot of successful teams and groups growing up, especially football teams, and and um, been involved in that club environment. So like I guess I've I was captain a little bit in juniors and things like that. So having that leadership from a young age, I have three younger sisters, so um, yeah. probably consider myself a little yeah I probably consider myself a leader. And I think I struggle with that kind yeah. of concept. Like I'm in this. Target yeah. program at work, which is a middle leaders program, and the question always comes back to me, like, yeah, like what's uh, do you how do you can I, I say I, every time I have a chat with my mentor about this thing, I, I just I, can't, I still can't get my head around to consider myself 
a leader. It just yeah. doesn't sit well with me but in I my think, head. Yeah, I think it's probably connotations of the term leader. Yeah, um, absolutely. Like a good leader knows when to lead and knows when to be led, I think. Um, so being able to make those decisions and and do those things and, yeah. Yeah, I'm, like I'm a leader, but, um, yeah, I'm, I'm a leader who's just trying to do his best and, like, that's... Yeah. At the end of the day, I'm no different to any of you guys. Like, I'm just... I'm just another guy who's yeah at work and trying, trying to run, trying to trying to, trying to do his best and trying to run a business. Um, yeah, so yeah, <laughs> bit of a so. joke there, guys. Yeah. So, um, before I jump into the into the goals question, which has kind of gained a bit of traction, Mitch Mitchie Rose sent me a thirteenth hour kind of question. I think it was a really interesting one, and it's probably going to probably recap on some of the stuff I've just been talking about I've been spending the time talking about yeah if you had a reset or a redo button what is one as- aspect of your business development you would do differently if you had your time again yeah good from you Mitch yeah I think it was a, it was a good it was a good question to ask. a little shit um <laughs> reset button oh. yeah if you could do something again or if you had your time again would you do anything differently maybe if we broke it down um I don't know. I don't know if it's bad reflection in wanting to say no. No, I don't think it is. I, I think... Because the, the whole story you described to me or yeah. described to the, earlier just showed that there was so many sliding doors moments yeah. and you've taken aspects of every moment of that journey, you've taken them on board and you've been able to create what you have created. Yeah, I think I think there's no real thing, I'd, big thing I'd change. Um, I would have dealt with, I guess staff leaving and things like that differently um i would have but in saying that like i only would have been able to deal with it differently having known the outcome yeah um, I, like i think i'm one of those people that's fairly easy to read and i'm feel fairly open book like if someone asks me a question i'll answer it yeah um so i probably was a little bit naive in, in terms of dealing with a few few issues that we had and, and stuff like that i'm like i just want to create the best environment for people and i want the best for people and yeah, it's a couple of things that probably didn't go the way I'd assumed they were going to go. Um, you say things and do things that you expect someone to uh, perceive a certain way and they perceive it the complete opposite way and it gets, yeah, and it doesn't... Taking out of context. Yeah, it gets well, taken out of context, but they just perceive it differently the way you meant it and and creates a whole kind of um, whitewash of programs, snowball, snowball of problems. Um, but everything that's happened from a... Uh, from a business point of view, has happened for the positive in the long run. Um, yeah. Yeah, that whole things happen for a reason thing. Like, all the struggles make you enjoy the times where things are going well. Um, all of the shitty things that happen, although shitty at the time, teach you things about yourself. I think you and Tommy were speaking work. about it last yeah. week on the podcast, like, kind of, you don't know what happy is if you can't experience it. Yeah, exactly. Like that. Exactly. Um, yeah, there's nothing I necessarily change. I, yeah, I don't think there is. Like I, you have maybe, maybe, yeah, yeah. and I'm getting better at self reflection and dealing with how I perceive things and and what I can do to improve and um, and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, I don't think I'd change anything. I think I'd I'd like to give myself more time for me, but I um. Yeah, I kind of fight with that every day. <laughs> yeah, oh, that's that's me too. That's, yeah, I struggle with that big time. Yeah, I think that's part of being an adult. Um, <laughs> Damn but, it! But yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I don't know. 
No, I'm going to think about that all day, but I, I generally don't think that I'd change anything in terms of like big business things. Nah, not important. Hmm. <laughs> no, and that's probably that's probably a good position to be in to think that oh, there's nothing here that I really want to change. Everything seemed to be. It's just it's just learning experiences, and it's just opportunities to be better. Yeah. Um, that's yeah. It generally just comes back to that. You make a mistake whereas you cover it on the chin and you move forward yeah like as much as it sucks making mistakes um, they're the best things that can happen in small businesses because you you it doesn't necessarily happen again if it doesn't if it happens again it doesn't happen the same way and you just learn from it you, you look at it from a sporting lens most coaches would say you learn more from a loss than you do from a win 100% so yeah. I guess if you can uh, change that into a business sense spot on probably, spot on probably make it a bit easier for you um the question that I want to take the conversation into now is, um, and this is what gained the most traction on the Facebook post last night, is what are the goals for Virtus in the future? And I, I've broken this down because obviously being a big uh, a goal setter yourself, yeah. you probably have business goals. So where do you see Virtus in 12 months, then maybe three years and then maybe five years if you thought that far ahead? So the way, like the way I set goals is I try and keep things kind of front of mind in terms of what I want to do it now. Um, so the, what I'm kind of looking at at the moment, I know I set my 12-month goals from a business point of view, but I don't set any longer than that. Okay. I, have cool. an, I have an idea in my head, and um, for anyone that watched ABC Goals, I went through with Greg, and it was one of the podcasts. Mm-hmm. Um, I've set my ABC goals. Um, most of my B goals are things I want to hit in the next 12 months. So to put it into perspective, the C goal, um, the, the thing that scares me, that excites me, is, is having Virtus just on a bigger scale. But on a scale that... Um, allows us to do everything we want to do while still maintaining the community yeah and you talked about maintaining community before is there a point where if you wanted to do that could you potentially have too many clients yeah definitely yeah. definitely so I think I want to sorry yeah. I hijacked the question no that's alright that's alright so my 12 month goals are all, are all around getting our current facility and current coaches and everything to capacity which creates a lot of issues because you know we're not a huge facility and we've got group training we've got one-on-one training we've got a bunch of coaches we've got you know myo physio pilates yoga uh, dietetics all using two rooms um, yeah. uh, it's good now that i've got this office down the road thanks good to idea, that one thanks to Reese. yeah thanks Posse. it was your idea um so like maddie can come down here and use this and, and things like that so that that'll be something that we'll look to utilize and yeah the goals for the next 12 months are just to get it's super busy and to keep building the brand and keep keep getting people better um, really really simply but yeah that eventually um, whether it's next end of next year or the year after or the year after we'll probably have to move facilities or do yeah. something along those lines which like I love where we're at I love our facility um, I wish we could do everything in there because just the like the aesthetics of what the inside looks like and having the big park out the back is incredible like um, so yeah finding a finding a facility that we're able to hit help as many people as we can while still maintaining the community like it's, 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 it's a hard one yeah because it's, it's, it's such a multifaceted or a holistic approach is yeah. there going to be a space available too yeah and like I'd love to have you know a dock and a psych and um, you almost need a classroom a proper cafe a classroom a bunch of offices for consultations and stuff like yeah the, the dream I guess facility um, it exists I just don't know what it looks like yet <laughs> um, like even today I was like I look up commercial real estate every now and again just to see what's out there and yeah. just to kind of get ideas and 
and stuff like that. Um, I think I'd still stay in the morning, stay in Mornington. Um, I love the peninsula. Like, yeah, it's just like, especially days like today where the sun's out and you can just look outside and take a deep, deep breath and and smile and, and kind of forget it. living here your whole life. Like you kind of don't realize oh, how man, lucky we're so you are. lucky. We're so lucky. Um, yeah, we live in a very amazing part of the world. But yeah, just. To simplify the answer of where the verse is going to, uh, I want it to get bigger, but I need it to be busier first so I can have money to pay for something bigger Yeah, <laughs> from a business point of view. But yeah, it's just, a, you know, all of the things that we do, I want to be able to help as many per- people as we can. Um, yeah, whether it, like I want to get back into education, so that's something that we're looking at at the moment. Yeah, um, I, I, think want- that's a, I think that's a, a market that you guys could yeah. particularly hit a lot of. Yeah, whether it's like PT cert three and four certs yeah. or whether it's maybe we have that and an upskill for PTs or like we do a little bit of school stuff at the moment, we've done stuff to you guys. Yeah. But, and that's something that... Um, I think that's where the market is. If you yeah. can pitch that to the right level, I think that has the potential to yeah. really be um, not only enriching for you but for a lot of students and, and teachers as well. Like, yeah, I think well, teachers need to know a lot of this yeah, information as definitely. well. Yeah, and we like, like I've spoken to you about it before but being able to improve performance is one side of what we do but being able to improve like the knowledge of health well-being and and that yeah that holistic approach is is so imperative because but performance doesn't have to be athletic like no say exactly perform at work yeah. say perform at work say perform at home yeah well, this kind of things that's why we've got a human performance because it doesn't matter what you want to achieve like if you want to perform like that's what we do so yeah that, that's where I want to take it what it looks like I don't know um, but if there's any uh Billionaires out there that want to fund fund the project, <laughs> I've got a couple of ideas. Uh, this is a shout out. <laughs> ding ding. Uh, yeah. So I don't know. It's uh, I just want it to be the best possible environment for people to come, and I want it to be yeah. Because we're like we're an escape from, for a lot of people um, from a yeah. lot of the shitty things that are happening, and and like we're aware of that. So I think it's creating an environment that is supportive and that that is. Uh, yeah, somewhere that people love being. And I think we're getting there. I think there's a lot of things that we need to improve on and, and change and stuff like that, but we're getting there. Um, I'll, yeah, to all the Virtus humans that are listening, I'll never stop trying to make it better. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. Otherwise, I'll keep talking. That's it. Um, how long do you think we want to keep going? Doesn't matter, mate. Or do you want to, I really need to go to the toilet. <laughs> so maybe break. Uh, come back time. and we'll pitch it.